new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Mais oui, oui. Un momento. Bon, bonjour. Où vas-tu, mon ami? What a busy week this week. Holy. Did you survive that storm yesterday? Any, it any wasn't very long. But, oh, man. I was like getting ready to batten down the hatches. And then I realized, okay. you know, I don't have any hatches. Oh, no. Or Nor do I have anything to batten them down with. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. And there's like floods and stuff like that all throughout the city. Lights were out for like the whole day, um, like an evening as I was driving around, tried to find like ice cream for the kids. It was like next to impossible. McDonald's was the only option that was open and there was like 4,000 people there. So I wasn't interested in waiting in that line. So what did you do? You had to make your own food? No, I just bought those like, you know, ice cream bars, you know, stuff that you can just buy. But when I bought them, because the freezer probably was off for about six hours, they were like half melted and stuff. It was a tough day for the ice cream goers. You know, <laughs> where was Dickie D when you need him? I'll hey, tell where's you. Where's the guy on the bike? So many years ago, I thought of like, why isn't there just an app that you like request an ice cream truck? Yeah. You know, you're at the park. There's a few people around. Everybody's like, you know what? Let's have some ice cream. There's an app for that. No, there's an app for everything else. Although I think you could probably Uber eat some ice cream from a convenience yeah. store to the park. I may or may not have done that before. Ooh, one of those, I eh? Uber, I Uber eats the banana split one time. One of those, eh, TK? Listen. When, when is the day that you're going to Uber eats you a piece of real estate? You know, mm. When is it that you're just going to order it up? When are we going to just be able to touch a button on our phone and just buy whatever piece of real estate we want without really thinking about it? I know it happens. And I know there's people out there trying to make it happen more. There are definitely people out there trying to make it more. I think it's coming soon. I think our our guest is definitely uh, someone to talk to about that because his industry is probably where that will work the best. Right. We could talk about some algorithms and stuff like that too. Cause if you're checking out any of the big player algorithms, whether it be in the States or Canada and where those valuations are compared to like what they're saying it's worth compared to what it's actually worth. It is a big difference. Sure. They weren't uh, expecting this market to change so fast. Let's just I, say that. I think if there is a use to a good realtor, it is, in their ability to really evaluate the cost of a property or a value of a property. An algorithm currently can't take certain things into account properly, right? So for example, a house that, you know, fronts onto a chemical lab should be worth less than a house that backs onto a lovely, beautiful ravine. Now, does an algorithm take something like that into account? Probably not. It's like, you know, how many feet wide? How many feet deep? How big is the house? How many bedrooms? How many washrooms? It doesn't know if it has a nice kitchen or it needs a new $80,000 kitchen. It doesn't know these things, does it, TK? It doesn't know these things. The algorithm- it doesn't even seem to know when a deal falls apart versus a, a deal closing currently. It's, work- it's working on it, though working on it. yeah it better be because everybody on twitter's posting deals that like sold for 300,000 less than they did 3 months ago and everybody starts panicking and then somebody goes uh hold on it didn't close 3 months ago it was just sold 3 months ago that deal didn't happen exactly now i have been purposely avoiding reading 
the Facebook groups, the, the Twitter reposts on Instagram, all this type of stuff, because I don't like to hear the negativity. Okay. The negativity is not good for analyzing properties. At the end of the day, my job is to be objective and I need to go in there and I need to look at what's actually happening in the market. And if, I'm influenced, if I'm influenced on everybody's going crazy, fear of missing out, oh my gosh, prices are going up then that skews my opinion of value when it comes to analyzing the property. And if I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the market's going to crash, everything's down 300,000 according to the post that I saw on uh, Twitter, or for me, it would be Instagram, someone just reposting on Twitter, then again, that, that hinders my ability to uh, properly analyze a property. And we sold one pro properly analyze a property. When I, we sold one this week, we sold two this week. One was 6.5 million in a week in Caledon, okay? A house for 6.5 million in Caledon sold. Yeah. And I said, wow. I said, that one's going to take a while in this market. Less than a week, 6.5 million. Uh, the other one was a house in Woodbridge. We had another one listed at 2.3. This one comes up at 2.3. I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, who's buying, you know, two plus million dollar houses in Woodbridge right now. The market's slow. Things aren't happening again. That one sold one sold in a week for like over asking the other one's still sitting there on the market. Right. Wow. So there is a lot of, there is a lot of things that are, that are out there right now. So you can't, you can't believe everything that you read. You have to uh. understand that there's little nuances that have to be very, very, very well understood before you end up giving an opinion of value. It's, it's a really big deal. Wouldn't it be nice if you had some kind of like tool to help you analyze deals? Well, you know, the tool that I've been talking about lately, right? So that's, you know, something that I'm using for investment properties. The big day, TK. It is a big day here at the Canadian Real Estate Show. Live not only Montreal. Not only do we have a new set here in Montreal. TK, we have a sponsor. We have the best sponsor. We have, we have the a, best we have a legitimate sponsor. sponsor. We have a legitimate sponsor. best sponsor. We are now sponsored by a company called Lendlord. Wonderful software with a deal analyzer and all kinds of other stuff. What else do they have on there, TK? The only thing that I care about is that it's free. Mm. That's the only thing that I care about, right? Like when I, when I, like I have spreadsheets set up and I do lots of different stuff when I'm analyzing properties, but if I can put it, put in information and plug in, you know, income and expenses and, and different, you know, mortgage products and stuff like that, and I can actually get something out of it uh, and it doesn't cost me anything, then I'm pretty happy to use it. You know? Absolutely. So check out the link below, check out the link on the screen, sign up for free, check it out. And we are helping them with a webinar next Wednesday, June 1st at 7 PM. Sign up for that. There's a link for that down below as well. And uh, jump on. This is a crazy, amazing new tool that yeah. both of us are currently using, believe it well, or not. Whether, whether you got like one condo, that's about $1,400 a month negative cash flow, or you own like multifamily buildings. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing tool. It's uh, they're huge in the UK and where's the other place that they they've got it set up. Germany. In? They just started in Germany. Out. Yeah. So they're just coming to Canada. So that's why it's not something that's too uh, popular yet. Um, but it's that's like our job TK. Leading, leading edge software for, uh, analyzing, uh, investment properties by far. And the webinar and, uh, will explain it better than Dale and I are right now. By a mile. And we want to share a quick little teaser commercial that they put on for us. So check this out quickly. Doesn't that look amazing, TK? Yeah, like I said, way better than what you and I can explain uh, just here in words. Yeah. But at the Sign end of the day, up. you know, people got to try for themselves, you know, so plug, the, plug your information in, plug in one of your properties that you already own or a property that you're analyzing and get real-time data 
on all the different tools that you know professional real estate investors are using today. Absolutely. And man, do we have a show for you guys today. We're lucky enough to have a wonderful guest here today. Let's uh, welcome him to the show once again. You know, he asked me uh, yesterday, is he considered a regular? And I would absolutely... Oh my God, Whoa, look, look at we thought we had a guy. good new set. Oh what my the hell? God. Look at this guy. He has he to is, yes. up, up, he has to stay upstage, upstage us, us upstage like us. right time. off the bat. Look at this guy. Big time. All right. It's like he's about, you know, 15th floor. Uh, where's that location? Like the 60th floor somewhere in downtown Toronto. Well done, sir. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. We just announced our, our new sponsorship deal. We're all pumped up here at the Canadian Real Estate Show. Who's the sponsor? Wonderful company called Landlord. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Deal analyzer tool. So something that uh, we're fond of because we're using it, right? Like that's the main thing. We're, not, we're using it. We're not just promoting something that sucks. And the best part is it's free. So right. That's the only kind of stuff that I like to use, Jordan. I hear you. Free, free software is the way to go. So Jordan's in Toronto. We're in Montreal this week. This is truly the Canadian real estate show now. Yeah, coast to coast. Coast, coast, to, coast. to coast. Coast well, to coast. Well, the, the province to province. Jordan, what do you think about, so all this, um, uh, the algorithms, right? Like Zillow failed miserably. Now how Sigma has got these uh, estimates that are way off. Like what's going on with that? What's going on with, with algorithms and real estate? I think you've got more in insight than I do. Well, I built one for Humber Bay condo valuations uh, and we found it was pretty accurate within five or five to 7%. But in order to do that, we had to look at each building individually, figure out what parking premium it was because every building in Humber Bay, even in that small tight condo community has a difference in what a parking premium is worth, depending on the building, because some of them have more parking than others. Mm -hmm. uh, and some have more tenants than others with more cars, whatever the case is. Um, and so it was actually really what we found. What we found was it was more difficult than I thought it would be because you can't just say the building average per square foot is this. Slap that value to it because okay, does this one have a lake view? Is it unobstructed or partially obstructed? Is it future obstructed? Like it gets very difficult to give a uh, a very accurate estimate. Um, and then when you're talking about like detached homes, sure, if you're talking about a specific pocket, let's say in Vaughn, where one or two builders did that whole pocket. It's very easy to associate lot premiums and associate a per square foot value and tack on a premium for finished basement or not, right? But it becomes really difficult when you look at an area like Etobicoke where they've been building homes for a hundred years. You've got wartime bungalows. It's very hard to figure out what to price things at and what premiums are associated when you have you know, a century of different styles of homes and different building techniques uh, it becomes very difficult to to price that. So I think algorithms are, I mean, eventually we'll get there. I think without question, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a long road. And I think like a lot of tech really, you've got like compass and like, and none of these guys cash flow. And I think part of that is because with, with tech real estate plays, we see a couple of things. Like I think the primary reasons why a lot of them fail or produce cat or fail to produce cash flow, maybe they stay afloat by VC funding and stuff, but Fail, produce, fail to actually make it a real business is because number one, I think a lot of them rely solely on, on the tech and the lead flow. And without that, their business is dead, right? Mm -hmm. And then number two, a lot of them run it like a tech company, right? So their burn rate is intense um, and they're focused on just hire, 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 try to have the best product in the market, uh, throw cash at the problem. And they're not focused on the third thing, which is they can't convert, right? Like how many, how many of my clients use condos.ca as their, as their resale condo site, but still can buy resale with us, almost all of them. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's a lot that, that that's really what boils down to the tech real estate. And the fourth, the fourth model is like their entire model is surrounded around commission rebates, right? Because they're not sure what value their new agents can provide other than just, you know, we'll do it for less than the other guy. Yeah. And of course, that's not going to work either because running these websites is, as I've experienced, incredibly expensive, right? And we do it very lean. Like precondo.ca is really lean. We don't have that many employees. We've, you know, proven that you can rank in Google and become one of the largest property websites in, in the country on a very small budget. 
but we have an unfair advantage because my background is in SEO and in building websites. So I, it's very easy for me to keep when I'm, when I'm, you know, the CTO will call it. It's very easy for me to keep control and, and keep an eye on things. And so it's easy to do it in a bootstrapped way. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's a difficult space. I think, you know, technology will continue to get better and better and we'll see contraction on, you know, commission rates and that kind of thing. We'll see, you know, hopefully also a contraction in just the number of realtors out there. But I think it's going to happen a lot slower than people assume. That makes sense to what you said, though. The algorithm needs to be just for that condo building. Yeah. Right? Just for Not even, though. Area. Not even like we were talking earlier. It's like you can have the same unit on a different floor that has, you know, like a less desirable kitchen finish, you know, with like an ugly backsplash. And I, I don't know if an algorithm at the moment can decide like what is trendy, right? Because, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have like a beautiful trendy kitchen versus somebody else's like idea of a nice kitchen, there's value to that, isn't there? Yeah. So we built, um, we used Google's uh, image AI API, which are like pennies on the dollar per images. And we trained it to uh, recognize, you know, different no things. Ways. So yeah. quartz versus laminate, um, you know, it couldn't, no matter how hard we tried, it just couldn't tell the difference between hardwood because even the eye can't sometimes and laminate. Right. But we did our best with, um, with that and, and the color of the walls and tried to, so, but it just got to the point where we're like, how, how complex are we trying to build this valuation model? Right. right. And so we kind of gave up on it, but it's incredible what you can do on a really tight budget. If you really put the work in and if you understand real estate. Um, so I think we'll get there, but, um, but knowing what you know, Jordan, knowing that, you know, the experience that you had there, there's no way that I'll use House Sigma here as an example. There's no way that they built an algorithm that could possibly have taken into account all those things. No, of course not. And it's just a hook, right? It's just a way to get people to the site and keep users there, keep users interesting. At the end of the day, I, that's all. That's what it I is. don't even think that was the main feature of the site. I mean, everybody jumped on it because the data became available and it was like one of the first ones that had it available when they were allowed to release it, right? Ease of use. I think they made something that was easy and simple. Yeah, they super easy. They weren't the first uh, virtual office website, but they were out there giving that information with an app and it was pretty functional and like I use it. It's much easier for me to log into that than it is for me to log into Treb sometimes for some basic info. But you got well, all these that's... stupid, lazy realtors that shouldn't even be realtors that instead of doing their job, they're going, well, how Sigma has it at this? So they show it to their client and like, who knows what that even does? People are thinking their house is worth one eight. How Sigma says one six and the, they, they get presented this. And then what happens? Do you think realtors are really that stupid? Do you think they're actually showing the house Sigma estimate and using that as their comp? Yeah, if it's higher. Yeah, maybe. I think if it supports their <laughs> arguments, I think Depends, yeah. it for sure. Yeah, yeah sure. you could be right. It's, it, it's yeah. like, how do you pick which street to show yeah, the if, comps if on, right? Oh, I'm not going to show this one. They'll throw that. Yeah. They'll throw that company under the bus, right? Yeah. No, and I think like I, I think it's actually a really interesting point that how Sigma built an app that's more usable than the one that I pay for as a realtor, right? Like I think that like that's um, stunning to me that Colab is such Realm? a steaming pile Realm? of shit. Realm's pretty bad too. Realm has its issues. <laughs> I haven't, for I haven't sure it does. transferred over yet. Yeah, oh. no, it's I I dabbled with it. Some of the analytics are cool, but it's like all these all these all these market provided options are better than the monopoly yeah. provided one. Yeah, the Habistat. I see all you Habistat's guys using way his. Yeah, it's like way better. It's crazy. And it's like, What's hey, Trap, just buy them out. Yeah, do me a We're, favor. Don't try to reinvent there. the wheel here. You guys are not good at technology. You've proven time and time again you cannot execute on a simple tech play. Yeah. Why is Broker Bay worth what it's worth? Because you guys couldn't figure out how to duplicate a Calendly. Like, give yeah. me a break. <laughs> like, like this guy's worth hundreds of millions simply because he set up a, a, a Google Calendar. It's fascinating to me how far behind the curve Treb can be. Right. Um, and that's that what, that's what happens with to, monopolies. Um, Supra? Is that the kind of numbers he got when he, when I don't know, but it, it, but you have to consider at $5 per user, 60,000 users in Treb. That's yeah. a lot of annual recurring revenue. That's worth a lot for it, for a, for a platform that can be run with a, a couple of tech guys. Like, like it's a, you could keep that really lean, right? But it's Profit so margin. hard to use. Like I've had access to, to the MLS backend before and how many TK I called you all the time. Every time I needed to use it, I was like, TK, 
I don't understand how to get the, the search I'm looking for here. This is way too difficult. And maybe once it's like second nature, it's like anything else, it, get, it becomes easy, but it's so fucking hard very, to very, use. Trev's very, very far behind. You can't even look up if something has like a laneway house. Meanwhile, yeah. that's like been around for how long now? And, uh, you know, it's like as simple as adding it to like a drop down menu. Like, I'm sure it takes like five minutes. Well, you know, if they, they, they said, I think two or three years ago now, when it became a hot button issue, they were going to remove, they put out a, a press release saying they were going to remove master bedroom from the fields and change it to primary bedroom. Right. Yeah. Cause there's all that, all that uh, stuff. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, it took sense, them two actually. years. It took them two years to change, to change it. I was uploading listings like a year and a half after they said that. And I'm like, it still says master bedroom on our end, on the user end, it said primary, but on our end, it still says master. Unbelievable. Like, pretty easy to make that change. That's 20 seconds of coding. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, listen, everybody's here watching the show, all four of them, because they want to know what the hell's going on out there. And this is why we have you here, because we figure you are going to give us the answer because we don't have a freaking clue. more than we have. Yeah, you guys give me more credit than I'm worth. Um, look, I mean, like the outskirts markets are cooling and and quickly. Um, you know, I, I keep seeing comps in the areas like Pickering and then Vaughn that are down 15, 20% over their February highs. Um, you know, the, the exact same listing, probably a failed appraisal, failed sale. They go and resell 20% lower. Um, and I keep seeing it. What do, we, what do we got here? Oh, yeah. Suburbs versus downtown Toronto's mixed housing market may mm -hmm. signal coming trend. So is that what you're seeing? Like the outskirts are definitely, I, I think you yeah. actually put up a video a couple of days ago showing like some, some pretty serious declines in some of the outskirts. And Toronto yeah, I mean, that, to be that article you just pulled up has a great chart um, showing the gain versus the, the gain over COVID so February, you know, February 2020 to February 2022 versus February of 2022 versus uh, April. Uh, somewhere in here. Did they delete it? Oh, is there a paywall? Not on this, actually. Oh, it's on my Twitter. I just shared it recently. But anyways, it, it basically shows that, like, look, like, you know, Durham was up uh, like 80% from February of 2020 to February of 2022. And since February of 2022 to today, they've cooled um, you know, 15 to 20%, um, which makes sense, right? Yeah, this one, great chart. Uh, what are we looking yeah. at here? Tell us what so, you're seeing. So the red line is February of 2020 to February of 2022, uh, the appreciation. And then the orange line is, is the correction from, Feb from February of this year through April of this year. And wow. I mean, it's pretty clear that like the markets that appreciated the most through COVID are now doing the worst because they're most sensitive to the rate hike, right? Which makes sense to me. Um, it's also- Explain Toronto. Explain Toronto then. It just says- uh... Toronto is uh, up, not down. Yeah. And I mean, city, the, the condo segment specifically is doing a lot of that heavy lifting so far. Um, so but Toronto I mean, it's not- 18.3% from February, 2020 to February, 2022. Yeah. And it just shows an orange bar- yeah, they didn't. They didn't clarify percentage. It's probably minuscule, two, three, four percent. Um, and it's the only market that gained from February through April, right? Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense to me because you know it appreciated the least. It's going to be the least sensitive to rate hikes. You open up the city, work from homes back. Like, I don't know if you guys have been downtown recently. Patios are packed. People are having a great time. Certainly doesn't feel like there's a recession. Not, I was at the J game yesterday. Yeah. It's like bananas downtown. I can't even believe it. Yeah, it's amazing. It feels yeah. like the city again. Yeah. And then now on top of all the craziness, like all these buildings are almost done that I haven't seen for months. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just yeah, crazy. No, it's it's incredible. Everywhere, everywhere. Amazing. Yeah, we, I mean, we get out, we get downtown. I know, yeah, but like in, when stuck, you're in a J game and the then you all, all the time, but when you're in a J game and you come out of that flood and then it just doesn't seem to end no matter where you walk to it's, yeah. it, it's like, this place is alive again, man. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. warm and it's nice. Well, not now, but. And you're seeing it. You're seeing that like proof of that in the rental data, right? You got people on Twitter 
talking about how work from home is the thing forever, still holding on to that idea. And it's like, well, the rental data tells you you're wrong, right? Like we're up 20% year over year in rents. So people are coming back. Dollar value or, or yeah, transaction? Dollar value. Yeah, 20%. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And, and I mean, it's like bidding wars on rentals right now, right? Yeah. Any, any decent rental in a good location is, you know, uh, like a nightmare. I, I feel really bad for leasing agents right now. It's a, it's a bad, bad segment to be in. Wow. It, this is like, it's like, it's like all over the place, up and down. And, and, and you know what? I read something this morning. I mean, this reminds us more and more. I mean, we saw even on the way up, but like, this is so segmented, like this real estate market. Somebody yeah. was saying like, how the hell can you say the Canadian real estate market? Like it, it doesn't even make any sense. Like you can't compare Saskatoon's market to Toronto. I mean, no, you 100%. Even, right. You can't even compare most markets within a province. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's as fragmented as it's ever been. I mean, we saw it through COVID, right? Immediately areas like Bancroft running, just, just ripping 50% year over year. And areas like, you know, four, four, one, six condos, just trading sideways. Um, it's no different now, you know, four, one, six condos are holding up the best and areas like Bancroft are, you know, seeing 20, 30% corrections on direct comparables. Yeah. Um, the whole, the whole Canadian market's cooling right now. Yeah. Right? This is not, this is not just like a GTA phenomenon where the nine Oh five is struggling. Uh, this is like nationwide. Everybody's cooling. It's, everybody's- I, I- yeah, I would say I it's worldwide. worldwide. It's worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. In the States, you're seeing a lot of a lot of issues too. Yeah. Yeah, it's all definitely. Over the place. And the sales, then you the have sales are down, right? That's what it is. It's it's ultimately there's been a a plug on the demand. Yeah. Right? We haven't and I, seen I like the it. oversupply, right? Have you seen an oversupply anywhere? Like maybe a few buildings here and there have you know yeah. some investors heavy listings, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. But no, not as a general market. Like we're approaching you know, three months of inventory pretty quickly. So we're headed to balanced territory. Yeah. I mean, the, the question becomes like, we already saw China cut rates, right? So the question becomes, where does, where's the ceiling before they start cutting? Because the second they start cutting, people are, I, I have so many clients waiting on the sidelines right now. Waiting for, that's what we were yeah. saying. Like people are just waiting for somebody to tell them it's not stupid to buy right now. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying before is like there's there's all like like to TK's point and talking about before algorithms, it's like there are a bunch of eye buying algorithms that are like one of them is going to pounce at one moment. And then soon as one of them pounces, all the rest of them are going to start to pounce. Right. And then all of a sudden that floor is set. And I think, I don't know, either it's like a, a, a mirage and we go up for a bit and then crash and burn or we just go back again. I mean, if, if they cut rates, well, first of all, forget about cutting rates because we're definitely seeing a raise increase. Aren't we in a couple months or next month? Yeah, I think June for sure. I think 50. Okay. Yeah, so, gonna, okay. So rates go up this year. What are you seeing in pre-con right now? How are sales? Oh, it's dead slow, dude. It's like the light. Yeah, it's like, when did that yeah. happen? That happened in the last few days ago. (laughs) That happened in the last four weeks, man. It was just like, you know, our search traffic dipped 20, 25% almost overnight. And um, what's interesting is like, we're still signing a lot of deals, but they're not new launches. It's existing inventory and it's large stuff. So our average deal size went to like 1.8 million. We're signing a ton of stuff between one, five and and three. And so it's all end users. Um, All end users. That's what, that was my next question. Really? Yeah. They're jumping in now to bigger units, people that control more they, they see a date they see constructions underway they have 100 more you know they wanted a house and they can only yeah. afford a two three bedroom condo and their their mortgage or pre-approvals running out and they better do something no yeah i mean something interesting i've also seen is like is i'm not the only like there's a couple of people i know who have recently recently received letters of intent from from small funds who are looking to buy 50 100 150 units in toronto um like, or, or like sorry, assignments yeah. In Canada, in Canada. So not assignments, just direct from builder. Uh, I recently got a letter of intent and proof of funds from somebody looking to deploy like $200 million in the next 18 months. And then uh, a friend of my colleague of mine that you guys know, but I'll leave him unnamed. Uh, he, he recently sold, I think like 60 units in Calgary to a small fund. So the, um, I mean, there's a lot of capital looking to be deployed, right? Yeah. Um, sentiment is, is uh, not great right now, but when it, all it takes, look, all it takes is, is the normalization of rates and one cut 
before people go crazy again. In my Hold opinion, on, I sir. could be totally wrong. So but. the funds are seeing an opportunity. They're saying, okay, right now I might be able to go in there and capitalize on the market conditions. Maybe, yeah. Right, And they've got money that's that's obviously been sitting around and there hasn't been an opportunity. Could they have secured 60 units in Calgary or could they have secured $200 million worth of units six to 12 months ago from a builder directly? No. Why? Well, I, I, I mean, yes, if you, prior to launch, yeah, but not post-launch. You're not getting, you're not getting that kind of. It was like 1,500 worksheets. Yeah, yeah. Why the heck would they want to sell to some fund when they can go and get no, they don't want to do suckers to come in there and pay way more than the fund. The funds want deals. Let's not, let's not yeah. get that misunderstood. Well, well so are the deals out there? I'll pay the same price as those other guys. They're saying, but, look, if I do all this, what can I get? Exactly. Are you? Are you not seeing launches being postponed right now? Um, I mean, I know some developers have just said we're pushing back. Like I know there was one developer who had, I think, two launches planned for this year who said, no, we're going to do 2023. Um, I, I like, look, developers, like they kind of watch, they watch everyone's sites, they talk, they decide when they're going to launch. Right. And so when you see launches start to fall flat, as a developer, you kind of reevaluate based on what you need. Like some developers are like, look, I, I don't need to sell out today. Like I, I, I can sell over a two year period. I don't actually plan to start construction until this date. So I have plenty of time. So I'll still launch. Right. But the guys who want to sell out break ground immediately, you know, secure that construction financing, whatever the case is they need. If they, if you have to move 75% of your inventory on launch day, then, then you need sentiment to be pretty good. Um, and, and those guys, I mean, Now's not the best time. I've been telling developer friends of mine to hold off. Right. I'm seeing people, my clients are definitely holding off right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody was in a panic to get work done. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we're going to, we have a little bit more time now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm seeing the same thing. What so, about the uh, assignment uh, HST um, portion now on, on the assignable profits? How is that affecting end users, investors, developers what are people saying about that well can you what first tell us what the difference is now be between what it is currently or the new plan versus how it was previous to this yeah so previously you got taxed in one of two different ways um first if it was your first assignment or you intended to move into the property and you could make that argument clear then you would just pay capital gains on the profit that's it um the second way is if it was your second, third, fourth, whatever number of assignment. So it's pretty clear to the CRA that you're a property you know, speculator. Um, then they would tax you HST on the profit for sure. In the, in the white paper, it said HST on the deposits that you had already paid to the builder. But my accountant and lawyer hadn't actually seen that honored very much. And then you would pay income tax on the full profit, right? So essentially well, wiping, yeah. wiping your profit in half right? Um, now they provided clarity, which I actually kind of like, because now it's a very simple process versus before it's like, you know, who's at, who's at the CRA sitting there trying to determine if someone's going to move into a property or not and what their intent was. So now it's relatively simple. It's HST on the profit. So if you, you know, if you bought it for 500, you sell it for 600, you're paying 13 K in HST on that hundred thousand dollar price differential. And then it's just taxed as income. So you just add it to your income tax for the year and it's taxed at whatever marginal bracket, you know, it Who's pushes gonna you. Who's going to pay in. the HST? Is the, is the, uh, is it going to be signer. included in the signer? Yeah. The signer. It'll be yeah. included in then. So they'll take, they'll take that from the hundred K. Yeah. 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 And, and as far as like, how is it affecting the market? Look, the people calling my team in the last month who are saying up front, Hey, I want to assign. None of them even know this is a thing. Mm-hmm. None of them. Why are they, why do they want to assign? I could speculate on that all day. Um, there's a lot of different reasons. Like one of the big ones is that, you know, if you bought a pre-construction condo in 2015 or 2016, right before condos really ran. And when pre-construction was only a five, 10% premium above resale, you did in amazingly well on the assignment market. You're talking, you know, on a one bedroom, 200 plus K in profit. Right. And if it was your first one, it was only capital gains. So if you have an uncle, a cousin, a friend who did that, the, you know, the anecdotal, the anecdotal story is more powerful than me showing you the numbers. You're like, well, I know somebody who made 150 K doing this. So I want to do this. Um, some people 
can't close or don't think they'll be willing to close or, you know, don't want a tenant or aren't in this for the long term. They just want to make a quick hundred K and they think assignments is a really easy, simple borderline guaranteed way to do that, which of course it isn't. Um, so there's those people and a lot, you know, there's a lot in between who just think that this is a pretty easy, profitable way to get to leverage a lever up in the property market. And a lot of those people, when I explain the tax implications, when I explain what resale sells for and, and what the numbers actually look like, a lot of them just convert to being long-term hold people. They just tell me, okay, you know what? After you showed me the numbers, I think I'm just going to close on the thing. I'm going to hold it for a few years, maybe move my kids in, maybe sell it. I don't know, but uh, definitely not These people are coming to you for an assignment, but they didn't buy it with you. That's, yeah, those no, no, no. Those are different, totally different people. Um, like in the last few weeks, I've had a lot of people reach out to me saying, "Hey, hey, I have this. I have this unit at whatever project. Can you assign yeah. it for me?" So Which is always interesting. From to the me. beginning, they're just coming now, and now you're yeah. to them saying, "Hey, guys, this is what you're into. You shouldn't yeah. have been explained to you when you bought. Yeah. Now this is what you got to face." And and they're 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 saying, you know, what, maybe it's best that I just close it and hang on to it. Some of them. Yeah. 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 Well, but what percentage of the people that bought in order to assign have the ability to close? It's hard to say. Really hard to say. So do you have any clients currently in trouble on any deals or are unable to close, unable to get a mortgage, having appraisals low? No, What's because they're on? closing now and they bought it a few years back. So they didn't pay that premium like the people in the last 12 to 18 months. You know, Daryl's just looking for one of my desperate clients to pick a unit off. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm, uh, I, think I, about I, it. If they I, bought, if they bought that unit in 2017 and it's closing today, they got they're they're, yeah, they're, they're doing, doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Can, hold on a sec, Daryl. Even if they don't have the income or interest rates, they can go and get private money. Like, there's so many options for them to close that deal. Yeah, I mean, currently for sure. But if you bought like five units with the uh, idea to assign, and you can't get you can't get financing, you can get financing. You bought four years ago or more. Yeah, there's there's that much of a spread, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So what happened to like the 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 old idea of like having the unit pay for itself and like you know financing not really being an issue when it covers all of its expenses and maybe even makes a little money every month. What is that like just an impossible dream forever now? Yeah, 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 <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, it is because I mean, well, what do you even need to put down to cash flow on something now? 30, like you, 35. So, so there was I, is a that chart. even in a cash flow? There, yeah. there was a chart. There was a chart on probably Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. So, someone posted it on either Facebook or Instagram. So, it got in front of my eyes and it showed the, um, the principal pay down as part of the cash flow. So it showed that, you know, right now you're negative cash flowing, but if you include the principal pay down of the mortgage itself, you were still profiting. And that only in the last couple of weeks, now we're starting to get to negative cash flow, even including the principal pay down. Do you guys know mm-hmm. the chart I'm talking about? I, I think Zilan uh, posted that, Alex. Yeah, no, I know. I think I know the one you're talking about. Okay. Now, um, you know, cash on cash returns, you know, this type of stuff when you're, when you're talking to your investors, these are things that you take into consideration. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's one of the, one of the, when we're selling to investors, like that's one of the key things we show is like, you know, if this unit's going to bleed 800 a month, does that work? Cause if it doesn't like you, you don't want to close on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be for you at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, 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 look, like every other major Metro has seen this cap rate contraction when, as the city grows, this is not sure. atypical to a city no. that's growing. Um, yeah. In fact, it's quite normal. Like New, New York hasn't been cash flowing for decades. You know? Forever, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, it is interesting to me that a lot of people, especially on Twitter, say, you know, if you're buying a, a property that isn't cash flowing, you're not investing. And it's like sort of kind of you are speculating. You're right. The definition of investing. I mean, I guess, you know, we could argue about that all day. But what makes it an investment is if you made money when you sold. Like, that's sure. it. Like, that's what it boils down to right? When, when I buy um, Enbridge, right? Yeah, the dividends are nice. But I, I'm hoping it goes up in value. That's not where my, my, my money, that's not where I'm really hoping to see the return is on the dividends I receive. I'm just shoving those back into another stock. Like that's not, you know, so I, I think a lot of people like, you know, over the last 20, if you're retiring, sure, invest for cash flow. 
right? Pay off some properties, get some cash flow, um, whatever. But if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to multiply your your wealth over the past couple of decades, the majority of the returns come from appreciation, not not from cash flow. Here, here, yeah. So 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 in in all in all scenarios that I deal with, nobody's ever, um, you know, especially if they've owned the property for like thirty years, right? Because the cash flow has been minimal because their rents are usually piss poor anyways, because the tenants have been there forever, but yeah. no one ever comes to be saying like, man, this extra $1,800 a month has been really helpful. You know, yeah. they're looking at it just like I bought the thing for 200 grand and now I'm about to sell it for 1.6 million. This yeah. is now going to be very helpful. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So if you launch in downtown Toronto right now, is it like a slam dunk? Probably not. Depends Probably on the pricing. Not what's going on here. Depends on the pricing for sure, but no, probably not. So, so there is there any hot areas currently, or everything is like lukewarm to to cold. Lukewarm to cold. I mean this the Everywhere. the, I I mean if you're launching a boutique and user focused product in specific pockets, you'll probably do pretty well right now. Really, like um, a like incentives. a Bloor West boutique would incentives. would do well. What about incentives? Like, the incentives like 10% don't. deposits, like, I don't know, what, else, what other incentives? And users don't, don't give a shit about 10% deposit. Those are investors. The, the people who are like, hey, I, I, and I get clients like this. People reach out, they, they specifically need a 10% down project because it's all the cash they can scrape together. How, how and honest, my honest opinion when people tell me that is like, you, this isn't for you. Like property investing isn't for you. Like save more money, invest right. in other vehicles, right? Yep. Like, like if, if you're looking at your, your monthly savings and you're saying I can save exactly 10% in the next five years. It's like, well, closing is going to, going to kill you. You can't close, right? Don't put yourself in that position where I have 90 K I'm buying a $900,000 condo with 90 K down. I make 80 K a year. Like that's a terrible position to be in. It's, if, if the market doesn't head your direction, you, I mean, you could cost yourself five years of net worth growth. Like, it, you know, it's just not the right Avenue for you. Um, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, like it, for in, end users, like incentives aren't what moves the needle. It's just product type. So um, how do the developers offer 10% down when they say that? Like their construction financing, what are they right. doing? Are they funding the other 10%? Well, the, the, the deposits are just sitting in lawyer trust anyways. They're not used for construction. Yeah, but a lot of times- It's just used as leverage, right? To know that they're going to have the 20% down. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know how the developers, like there are a few who do that pretty routinely lower deposit. I mean, Daniels, for example, does it, but Daniels doesn't need any funding. They don't, Daniels doesn't need any financing. So it's easy for yeah. them to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the others do it, but they must fund it themselves. They must, they must say, yeah. like, we'll weigh out the cost of us using that extra capital or not selling and, and use it, use the incentive to try to sell and not have to lower prices. Yeah. Right. Because that's yeah. what they'll look at it as. Is that, that would be the kiss of death to lower prices. That have to lower prices and that causes me more issues. So, so what's the next project that you foresee uh, failing? Do, do, come, do, on, is there, come on, listen. I said from day one uh, that that property on Kingston Road, uh, Perch, was going down. I, I keep saying it. It went down. There's nothing wrong down? with being it. Did it go down? Purchase, it went purchase. down in a blaze of glory well, they weren't selling and they never got their zoning so i figured you know a bad bad launch the one that i knew some clients who bought in trinity ravine on markham road i saw that that site is now for sale yeah i mean like look if you bought something i won't say project names but if you bought something on the waterfront in 2017 at 800 bucks a square foot and they haven't broken ground yet I'd be looking at options and, and getting ready because those deposits. Are <laughs> right. Refunded. How many, how many are there from 2017, 2018, 2019 that sold in the, like the 800 range who were planning on having their cost of like their hard cost of construction at like 250. Yeah. Now at 450 and climbing, mm -hmm. like there are so many projects in that space. That was a hot time, man. Yeah, I mean, if they haven't broken ground, if they haven't secured their bids, if their construction financing isn't done, like I, I don't know what to tell. I, I, to I tell put them. up, I put a, a question out to people on Twitter, like, how long are your contracts like and quotes for right now? 
And people were seriously saying, like, if it's a week, we're lucky. Yeah. Sometimes, like, quotes for concrete and steel and lumber are like 24 hours. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I know it's incredible. I mean, I even have uh, one close developer friend. There was a site I sold 50, 60 units at. And uh, I was recently asking her, like, you know, this, this, um, you know, he sold this 2017 and then the second phase 2019 and, and, you know, completions coming up and you're not asking anybody for more money. Everything looks good. Like what's the deal here? <laughs> and she basically told me like anything we sold in the 2017 release is, is, has lost us money. Yeah. Um, the only reason that we can continue building is we were smart enough to hold back a significant chunk of inventory that we are now selling at today's prices that is making up for the difference. Well, certain people and certain companies do care about their reputation. Reputation. Yeah, they care. I know who you're talking about, and I guarantee you she cares more about her reputation than money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, and I mean, like there's also just developers in general who just like, they, they're in it for the long haul, man. They're, they're, you know, family businesses, they're doing this for 50, 60 years. Like they, um, you know, like one, one non-profitable project doesn't kill their model, you know? Um, and they've and they have good financial partners who understand. They've yeah. Lost it, money. The guys exactly. with experience have lost money on other. That's what I was going to say. These guys were around money. in the late eighties and got yeah. destroyed and they've been like, protecting themselves the new, the new guys are because they're they're their fund or their investors whoever where they're getting the capital from can't weather a storm right there is there is no option to lose money right they have no choice but to pull out right right yeah. yeah right now now listen i mean when a project fails and a developer has to you know cut bait and uh either relaunch or sell the property they don't lose money Right? Like they're not losing money. Trust me. If a developer holds a property for four or five years in Toronto and then the market shifts and the metrics don't make sense anymore and he resells that site, he's not doing it at a loss. He's just not making as much money as he was going to make if he actually built the damn thing. So, right? so my, under- my understanding of the listing, and I will mention the project because it's not the space that I'm in. So what they think of me doesn't matter. That Trinity Ravine Towers, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be a land lease. It was the parking lot of the church. And I'm pretty sure they're under receivership. So I think they lost money. I think they're losing that lot. Yeah. And I mean, in some, some instances, you can't tell me Crestford didn't lose money. Right. right. They put well, a lot of money in, into these projects in advance, and now they have to return all the deposits and get nothing from it. They, they're now put under receivership to control the sale of the asset in order to make sure that it's done properly because nobody, their creditors don't trust them. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, a Crestford situation is a little different than like Brad Lamb canceling one project and moving on, right? Yeah. Like that was a cascading uh, Ponzi scheme that just collapsed, right? Very yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it's not like it affected Brad only. I mean, there were a lot of people involved with uh, funding from Fortress, right? Yeah, well, that was just one thing. But anyways, I mean, I think overall, you know, it's not as bad as, you know, you would think from the outside for that developer. He's just getting out of that bad deal, right? Mm-hmm. For, for the most part. Then there's like absolute disasters. Cressford was an absolute disaster, but it was like, if you were in the background and you kind of knew Cressford, I remember saying all the time, how the hell are they paying so much for these projects? How can they have so many projects going on that they paid so much for? Like if the market shifts a little bit, these guys are dead because they didn't develop any of them. They didn't have that spread of the development, right? They're just right. buying sites from, from King set that were developed at like top, 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 top dollar and, and building them. Right. Very, very poor business model. Yeah. I mean, the quick in and out. I mean, there's, there are developers who follow that model today. For sure. And, and, and it's good if the market doesn't shift on you. Yeah. As soon as the market shifts, I mean, look at what's going on. We didn't even, nothing's even really changed that much, right? Like we've had like a tiny hike to levels that like, if, if somebody was buying a house 20 years ago and saw this interest rate, they would be like, oh my God, where do I sign up? Like, this is unbelievable, right? Yeah. This is mm-hmm. 10 points lower than what I paid. 
Right? Yeah. But now it's like it fucking more than doubled. Yeah. Everything's my first, crazy. Yeah, even even tw- 2010, when I first bought my house, it was uh, something around the four to four and a half percent. Like it was like, that was a good rate. You know, you're excited. I think it's yeah. just yeah. The, the prices, right? When prices have now gone up and you're paying that much rate, really, there is something to say about the, the low interest rate environment really getting people uh, to commit to things that they shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, the the prices is a problem, but it's more the wages that didn't go with the prices, right? It's the price to income. Like that's, that's the issue. That's where it all lies. Right. And that's why it's so sensitive to, to rate hikes. I mean, rates go up a little bit, um, but the, the price of a home and Whitby's up 80% in two years, it's pretty sensitive to any movement in borrowing cost. Right. Can you imagine what shit would cost if wages went up with the inflation th- that like the house prices did? Yeah, of course. A hundred percent. You couldn't afford anything. Right. Like minimum wage would be 80 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the main thing that we have to look at is just how, how much higher can interest rates really go up? Like really and truly is inflation going to get under control? based on what I'm seeing is the market's going to have a significant impact on inflation alone, right? This slowdown in sales across Canada, that's going to impact the inflation numbers that we start to see over the next three to six months. Well, but we're starting to see the narrative start to shift to like when real estate's really bad, we might have to start like lowering rates already. Well, that narrative was coming. I mean, we were all saying it was coming and all the bears on Twitter will have you believe, no, rates are going to 10%. Prices are going to haircut 60%. And it's, you know, I mean, these people on Twitter live in an alternative universe, but um, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) it's true. Like, uh, repeat repeat that part. Okay. In the video, in the editing. All right. Repeat that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it, it, no, it's incredible. Like if you spend too long on Twitter, like you'll never leave your house and you'll think like an asteroid's coming for the earth because it's uh, just, and of course you leave your house and you go walk down King street and everyone's having a great time. Everyone's buying each other drinks, you know, patios are packed. Families are out exploring the city. Everyone's biking around, but on yeah. Twitter, they'd have you believe that everything's collapsing. It's just incredible. Oh Did yeah. You- I saw this one. Man. <laughs> I saw this one. And I have a, I have a stripper client. I um, get it. The strip club is sadly a leading indicator, and I can promise y'all we're in a recession. Laugh my ass off. So this people is aren't spending from, the money at the strip club anymore. Yeah. This is a leading indicator. Forget about furniture and lumber sales. This is, this is what we need to watch for. This yeah, yeah. Someone in the States, yeah. But this is the kind of information that gets used and tossed around on What Twitter. was that Jennifer Lopez movie? There was that Jennifer Lopez movie where she was a stripper and then they ran a bunch of scams on guys charging. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. It came out recently. And that's what, it, what that it happened around the 2008, nine financial crisis where hmm. the, you know, they, they weren't making the money anymore. So they had to find a way to be able to get more money out of guys. So interesting know, that stripper on Twitter might have a point. Maybe I, th- I think she might, but listen, I think, okay. So we're in a recession. Are we like, who do you know that isn't, like busy as all hell right now. Well, other than realtors. I, other than I would realtors. Say realtors. Yeah, I would say <laughs> realtors, realtors aren't. Yeah. Um, but were they busy know, before? Look, Hang on. Were realtors really busy before? Like 70,000 of them were not all busy. How many? No, no, no. Of course. No, no, no. A hundred percent, right? Most realtors. 15,000 listings that were spread. What, what would you put something interesting up today on Twitter? Actually, I wanted to talk about it. This was brilliant. About the average production numbers? Yeah, yeah. But, but instead, of, instead of one deal, Daryl, they did two. Two. They did double the it's transactions. Huge. 100% increase. 100% increase. Doubling right? of your business so book. Wow. It was a big, it was a big year. And Wish then the, I could the, double my book. And the value, the value of those units that they sold was also up 50 or 60%. So yeah. Income-wise, they, they, they made, uh, made it like bandits. Right. Oh, here yeah, I mean, and that's why everyone hates realtors because your income is directly tied to something that they all seem as everyone sees as a societal issue: the rising of house prices. Right, the incentive exactly. is misaligned. They, I get where they're coming from. There was eighty-eight point five billion in real estate sales via Treb in twenty twenty. Thirty-eight point five billion of that was transacted by the six hundred and twenty-two top producing Treb agents. of the business was done by 1.25% of the agents. Mm -hmm. Who was busy? Who was busy the last two years? 
I mean, like, like TikTok and 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 Instagram do a really uh, bad job of giving realtors public support because everyone's driving a white Mercedes, uh, a leased C class. Everyone's half of them are living in their parents' basement. Um, and, and, and they look, you know, they're always touring three, $4 million properties, um, that they're touring without a client because they don't have a client. <laughs> for and so everyone looks successful, right? That's the beautiful thing about Instagram is everyone's successful. Mm-hmm. That's everyone's what they're busy with. <laughs> with. But, but there's out of, out in the 2020 numbers, and this is exclusive to resale. So there's pre-construction as well, but in, in the resale market, there was only 622 individual names that produced more than $10 million in real estate sales, which means more than you know, wow. at full commission, that's 250K or more in commission. And that number just like floored me. Now it's, it was really interesting to me because it lines up really well with the 1% income in Toronto being 280K. I was like, so that's interesting. You know, the 1% income across all industries is 280K in Toronto, the 1% income earners. And then the 1% income earners in real estate out of 60,000 agents right? 622 out of 60,000 is the same. It's 250K before expenses, right? So it's actually less, but yeah, I thought that was interesting to see it reflected. And, and so the, you know, the general public thinks realtors are so overpaid and it's like the top producers maybe, but it, it, it took a long time to get there. And, um, you don't see the whole picture. Like most realtors are, uh, are, are starving for sure. I, I, I would go so far as to say, if you, if you're a top producing realtor in Toronto, you could make it as a realtor any any city in the world. So by far the most competitive per capita. Yeah, even that Ryan uh, Surhant, there was an article with him this week and he was like, there is no real estate market like the one in Toronto. Like this place is crazy. Yeah. There's nowhere else on earth where you sell out in two days, 450 units, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, this place is just unbelievable. You know, so, so speaking to how much realtors make, though, so, so I, I, I was talking to people on Twitter this week and I was I was under the impression that staging was paid for by the homeowner, that this was like something suggested by the realtor saying, you know, if you if you get this done, I think we can get you more money. But what it turns out is that a lot of these top realtors are paying for the staging. And the reason was interesting that a few of them gave me, not all, but the reason was because of the, these commissions, we would feel bad charging them for this. So, so like even the realtors know it's fucking ridiculous what they're getting paid for deals right now compared to what it was even just two years ago. Something has to untether here with percentage versus uh, value. It's already reason, untethering. The only reason realtors- the market, is, the market is already untethering it. How many, wow. pre-const- how many pre-construction agents in the city straight up put in their email blast 1% cash back? A lot mm. of them, mm-hmm. right? So commission cutting is, is, is the market saying we're not going to pay these commissions and realtors responding accordingly. It's a race to the bottom. I saw an Instagram ad, which was a bird dog fee. They said, we'll pay you 2,500 cash in the worst English you could come up with. And that's, that's illegal, Daryl. You can't pay for referrals, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's against the rules. And they were saying, we'll pay you for your referrals, $2,500 cash gift. And that's an yeah. Instagram ad. Yeah. There's a lot of people going to get in a lot of trouble from these TikTok videos soon. I hope when so. They, when the shit hits the fan, man, and they, they need to get more, uh, more revenue at Treb there because they don't have any more realtors. They're going to have to start suing everybody. They're going to have to scrap Realm and end up buying House Sigma. So they'll be, they'll be out the development uh, cost of that, right? That would be progress. Well, listen, Mr. Screenco, our time is up. It went by so quickly because so you are quick. so wonderful to talk to. Yeah, You're it's a, a fun wealth time, of man. knowledge. I do for the for the possible two people that might still be watching this. I would have to like I would be remiss if I did not share this screen right now. You did us all a favor by sending this out yesterday. Now. I don't know what boy band poster this was from, but look at you, mister. What? How long ago okay. was this? That's, look at the biceps on this guy. Looks now, like he's in a, in, a, in a magazine commercial or something. Is this your body? Did you find a wiener dog and put your head on the pit? What's going on here? You have to tell me. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's years ago when I, when I first got uh, my dog. My, uh, my dog, his wiener dog, his name is Charles. 
Um, and he's my, you know, emotional support sales animal. This. See, he, uh, he bypassed the topic of him looking like a, a deezed out uh, you yeah. know, runway model, but that's okay. <laughs> the dog will focus on the dog. Well, this business will age you quick. I'll say that much. Is that is? Are you like most? Is that like your real estate photo still? Like your your thirty year old picture from the good old days? No. Yeah, I was actually thinking that that should be my headshot. That it picture should. right there. Um, but uh, well, yeah. thanks for sharing that. That must have, that took a lot of bravery, and I really we all really appreciate it. Especially on Twitter, man. That place, I'm telling you. If any any new realtors are watching and they're wondering what social media platforms should I go to, avoid at all costs Twitter. You'd be better off on MySpace. Just just steer clear of Twitter. Listen, if you wanna if you wanna get a thick skin and yeah, you really Twitter's wanna great. learn how to have things not bother you, mm-hmm. and you want you people want to, to tell you how wrong your theories are, yeah, yeah. Great join place. Twitter. Well, thank you, awesome. sir. Thanks, it was great Appreciate talking to it. you. Thanks for being a regular on the show. Yeah, thanks the for most regular. Me. I will we'll add the most regular. I think you. Oh, I'm I'm number one. You're number you one. You are the number one most regular. We've had uh, four guest. times, I think, right? Twice on your own, and then once with Foch, and now this here. is number four. This is number four. This is number four. Fantastic. Well, let's keep this a ritual. I would like absolutely. to stay on we top of the charts. Absolutely. We'll make sure anybody love to comes keep close you there. to you. We'll bring you back. All right. Take care, guys. Always a pleasure, thanks, sir. the beach and we made a castle so big that we could go inside it and we put seashells all over it and we put a big stick and we tied a leaf onto it like a flag and that's really a big adventure make memories this summer with hannah anderson swim sustainably made bathing suits for the entire family made from recycled materials with 97 percent uv protection get 10 percent off with code summer 10 at hannahanderson.com